also this week my sinuses have been giving me all kinds of trouble and fits. So, nevertheless, we press on. And uh, first and foremost, again, if you are one of our guests, we are glad you're here, and we hope you will stick around up to services, let us get to know you, and you get to know us just a bit better. If you want to grab your Bible, turn to the end of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. We will be concluding our basic Christianity series. We've been walking through the book of Ephesians for some months now. And we uh, come to the end of Ephesians. Uh, kind of the, the thinking behind a, a series like this that goes verse by verse through a book. Um, I, I believe that in our fellowship, we get the Bible a lot of the times in bits rather than in books. And I mean, if you just think about it, when's the last time you heard a sermon on Ephesians 6, verses 21 through 24, or any lesson for that matter? Uh, we typically have our uh, favorite verses, um, and we tend to camp on those. But to work through a book of the Bible and to really get the warp and the wolf of a book of the Bible, um, I think that is something that God's people uh, ought to uh, rejoice in, uh, and also uh, I believe it uh, is a blessing for the body uh, to uh, follow the argument that Paul makes through a book like Ephesians. With that in mind, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we're actually going to pick up the reading in verse 18, and we'll read to the end of the book. Hear now the word of the true and living God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. That you also may know how I am and what I am doing. To Caicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister of the, in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Let us pray. Father, give us instruction on how we would pray. To, to know the things that we say when we talk to you. And help us to better understand your grace your love, the peace you give us, the faith that we have. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. As I said last week, an entire sermon could be devoted just to verse 18. Praying at all times. Prayer, what we say when we talk to God. Uh, here we have some uh, teaching, some instruction, 
Paul, throughout this epistle, has provided us with instruction concerning prayer. We get a glimpse of his prayer life, the, the sort of things that he was praying for uh, as we worked our way through this book. And now we come here to the end of Ephesians. And after unpacking the full armor of God, he turns his attention to prayer. That prayer is vital in the spiritual warfare that we are waging. Indeed, prayer is to be poured over all of our efforts in taking up and putting on the whole armor of God. Praying. First, let me just say, praying at all times in the Spirit. I want to emphasize the Holy Spirit here because I believe that's who Paul is talking about when he says that we are praying in the Spirit. True prayer is to be spiritual. True prayer is spiritual. There's a few verses I want to draw our attention to related to this. Over in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Come down here to verse 26. We've received the Spirit. Uh, He is the one by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Shows we truly are the children of God. He bears witness with our spirit within us. And now verse 26, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Jude makes a similar statement about how we are to pray in the Spirit. And and so we we see here, first we've received the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit who lives within us, the Spirit is in us, and He helps us in our prayer life. And so again, true... I know there are many religions in the world that engage in prayer. But if you do not have the Holy Spirit of God, those prayers never get past the air that we breathe, that a person may breathe in in sending them out. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who intercedes on our behalf with the Father. And so without the Spirit... There really cannot be any true prayer. One writer says that the ordinary habit of the soul should be prayerful, realizing the presence of God and looking for His grace and His guidance. Uh, And indeed, Paul here, we're going to see the end of, uh, as we work through the end of Ephesians here, Paul's theology is thoroughly Trinitarian. You have God the Holy Spirit here as, as He's helping us in our prayers You have also mention of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's God the Son, and also uh, the Father, God the Father is going to be mentioned. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the whole Trinity is involved in the life of the Christian. I mentioned it last week, praying at all times. The the idea here of at all times is, it's similar to what Paul says elsewhere. We are to pray without ceasing. Uh, And so prayer is to be unceasing. It is the habitual practice of the Christian. 
that as we live our lives, Tuesday mornings, Thursday afternoons, Saturday nights, there's not a fixed time where we just we pray and then that's it. But rather, we have this ongoing conversation with God uh, throughout our day, no matter what we're doing. Uh, there's a, a powerful little book called the, uh, the Practice of the Presence of God written by uh, Brother Lawrence, a monk who lived hundreds of years ago. He lived in this monastery and uh, he was responsible for what happened in the kitchen. He would cook the meals and do the dishes. But he treated that kitchen as his own little chapel, as it were. And as he's doing the dishes, as he's cooking the meals throughout the day, he's talking to God. He's communing with the Lord. And I want to encourage you with this as well. Praying at all times. You can, while you're at home, when you're out doing chores, at the doctor's office, wherever you're going, practice the presence of God. Talk with the Father, even if it's just in your own heart of hearts. Turn your heart into a chapel, as it were, and pray with, uh, with God and commune with Him in your spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Those are two different words here. Prayer is a general word for prayer. Supplication typically has to do with the requests that we make where we actually ask for things. <clears throat> and I know, again, these, these words have their specific uh, nuanced meaning, but I do think that what Paul is doing, he's just emphasizing prayer. Uh, and and uh, all prayer is uh, to characterize the, the life and the ongoing conversation that we have with God. It's not just the things that we ask. Now, he's going to be very specific here about what he wants the Ephesian Christians to pray for, which is also very instructive, but again, it's just emphasizing uh, prayer here, that, that the Christian needs to be one whose life is uh, prayer. To that end, he continues in verse 18, keep alert with all perseverance. And I, I mentioned last week that what is communicated here uh, is uh, alertness, in, intense constancy, maybe is a, a good way of describing it here. Prayer ought to be intense. Um, there ought to be some fervency that goes along with our prayers. Praying uh, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, uh, I think communicates this. Christians are to make every effort to stay on watch for the threats that come against us spiritually. And again, in the context here of spiritual warfare, we have very powerful enemies who are set against us. The devil himself is a, uh, a lion on the prowl, a roaring lion seeking to devour whomever he can. And so... Yeah, we, we need to stay awake, stay alert, uh, don't fall asleep, don't fall into a spiritual slumber, uh, but uh, to keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. All the saints here, saints are Christians. Okay? This isn't just a few select people who've been beatified and you know we've got to go to St. Jude or to St. Michael or to whoever, right? No, saints, biblically speaking, are not just these super Christians who, you know, occupy some special space in heaven. We're all saints. Uh, saints in Scripture are Christians. All right, so you're a saint, and you're a saint, and I'm a saint. We're, we're the saints of God. We're Christians. And so we ought to be praying for one another. This would be intercessory prayer. We pray for all the saints. There's the universal nature of this. And... Um, we pray for all Christians for a number of reasons. Number one, we see here making supplication. Our brothers and sisters have needs, right? And supplication, that's the request. We, we take those needs 
to God. And, you know, I, I appreciate, and I know there are others who appreciate the fact that you, you see our prayer list, it's extensive. Because we know that there are needs within the body. Uh, and so we, we seek to do our best to continually lift those up to the Father. Uh, and and uh, it's always good, and I, I appreciate it this morning, when we get feedback from that, and we hear how God has answered those prayers. And we rejoice and give Him thanks that He heard us, and He answered, He responded. Um, uh, and so, you know... We, we value prayer. We spend a, a lot of time in our worship service to prayer. There are several prayers that dot our worship. But again, it's not just what we do on Sunday mornings. Uh, we take this list with you, and in your own personal prayer time, work through this list. I know, I know there are many who do that. And you spend your time in the prayer closet. You spend your time communing with the Lord and bringing these needs to the Father. So we pray because we have these particular needs. We also pray because... Well, that's we be brethren, right? We are brothers and sisters, one of another. And, and so uh, we may, uh, you know, have different physical characteristics. We may you know, have uh, different ethnicity. We may have, uh, uh, even our brothers and sisters around the world, they speak a different language than we do. Uh, but I think it's also good if we're going to pray for all the Christians. There are Christians around the world. Uh, maybe, you know, a, a good practice to get into is uh, each day you've got to uh, spread out a, a map and who am I going to pray for today? What Christians? Maybe we're, for a long time we were praying for Christians in the Ukraine, right? There's Christians also in Russia, right? Um, Christians in Israel uh, or the Middle East generally. We have our brothers and sisters who are under, uh, no doubt, constant daily threat in China because of their faith. Christians in India, we uh, have... Uh, Oh, his name's eluding me now, but there's the brother in India that uh, we've supported. Bantha, that's right. Brother Bantha, and, and that's just one. There's a, I, I'm in regular contact with another brother named David who is emailing me about his work that he does on a, I mean, it's very detailed. He sends pictures and all this stuff, and I encourage him in the faith and send him uh, things that can be encouraging. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have brothers and sisters the world over praying for these brothers and sisters. They, they're our brothers and sisters. We also pray for one another because, well, they, like us, they are prone to wander. <laughs> and we have that song, Here We Raise Our Ebenezer, and there's a line in there about prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Yeah, there's that, there's that, uh, that flesh within us, that inclination that uh, tempts us to do the wrong thing. And, and we are of like nature with one another, and so uh, we need to be praying for one another uh, because we need the grace of God. They need the grace of God just like we do. Um, I think also that when we pray for one another, uh, nothing will help us to forget one another's faults and shortcomings and come to love one another more fully than praying for one another, praying for Christians. Those things uh, will bleed away as we pray for our brothers and sisters um, yeah, those, again, these are all reasons as to why we ought to pray. And there are, there are several more, but making supplication for all the saints. Uh, we are constantly seeking God's grace for our brothers and sisters the world over. And then Paul gets specific here for himself, personal in verse 19, and also for me. Now, what do you think the Apostle Paul would pray for? Knowing that the book of Ephesians is a prison epistle, and he is... Uh, in chains, he says in verse 20, right? 
He's, he's in a Roman dungeon, a Roman prison. He's in chains. I know what we would probably pray for, right? Man, I, I want to get out of here, right? Uh, uh, may these chains be loosed. Pray that, that all get out of here quickly, that this whole uh, you know, uh, legal stuff would, would come to a conclusion very rapidly. And um, pray, pray that... Uh, you know, at least have good health. I mean, the conditions aren't very good. Or at least keep me safe, that God would keep me safe while I'm in here. And here's the thing, don't get me wrong, don't misunderstand. I think all those things are important. We should pray for those things, right? That's uh, nothing unbiblical there per se. What is it that Paul prays for? Pray also for me, verse 19, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul, who we know was praying regularly for the church and for fellow Christians, here when it comes to what he asked for, again, it's instructive. He prays not that these chains would be loosed, but that my lips would be loosed. That I may open my mouth with boldness to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. We've already seen this earlier in Ephesians, back in chapter 3, verses 4-6. through six. The mystery is... That Jews and Gentiles have been reconciled into one body, and that one body has been reconciled to God in Christ Jesus. Jews and Gentiles, that's, that's the, the, the thing that was kept hidden for so long, but now we see it, that um, people uh, the world over can find their place in the kingdom. Uh, and, and here, that he may boldly proclaim, boldly uh, make known. That was his desire, that he would have the words to speak the gospel to other people. The same gospel, by the way, verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. You realize it was the gospel, Paul, that got you in prison in the first place. Yeah, and I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> that God would give me the words to, to speak with boldness, the mystery, that I may declare it boldly. Think about that, right? This is the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. But even he acknowledges and recognizes it's, it's, not, it's not because I'm so smart and so great and I talk so good and all that. Yeah, I want to be bold, but the power is in the Word. It's not in Him. And I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Um, and so you, you do kind of have this double request here for boldness. Open my mouth boldly and then declare it boldly. Um, also, we shouldn't overlook that word ambassador. It's a very interesting word. Here is Paul, you know, the, the, the ambassador back in their day was a very respectable position. They were a representative for a particular dignitary. Here is Paul, an ambassador in chains. Ambassadors in their day would not be in chains. And yet here is Paul, and he says, yeah, I'm, I'm an ambassador. I'm a representative of the king of kings. And so those chains uh, were not a bad thing. Those, that, that was, a, uh, again, a, a badge of honor for him. Marked his own prestige. You know, I, I read Paul's words here, and maybe you do too. Do you, do you know how you ought to speak the, the mystery of the gospel to others? Paul tells us it should be with confidence, it should be with boldness. But do we, do we always speak this way with folks about the gospel? If not, May I just ask, have you prayed for boldness, brother? Have you prayed for that confidence, sister? Have you asked your fellow brothers and sisters, hey, pray for me. 
that, that when I have opportunity to share the mystery of the gospel with others, I would do it with boldness and with confidence. I think we recognize that prayer ought to be an emphasis in the church. But I also believe here, based on what Paul is saying, we pray for one another regularly about some of these big ticket items, like the boldness to proclaim the gospel. Um, and again, not to misunderstand, I, like I said earlier, I, I am glad for... Uh, that we pray for so many of our people, so many of the people that we know and that we love, uh, but we cannot overlook uh, the main thing, which is the gospel, and keep the main thing the main thing, uh, which is the gospel, and how we share it, how we declare it to others. This brings us to this final uh, blessing and benediction section in verses 21 through 24. Uh, and as we draw to an end here, to a conclusion, I'm reminded of what the wise man says in Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Um, and here we are, we come to the conclusion of this epistle and 20, verses 21 and 22. Paul uh, wants to bless these brothers. He's sending to Tychus to encourage them. That'll be a blessing to them. And then he has a final benediction here in verses 23 and 24, um, a, a final prayer. That's what the benediction is. And it's a prayer concerning peace, love, faith, and grace. Those four things appear in those verses. So, verse 21. So that you may know how I am and what I am doing. And that, So that would include not only his physical circumstances, he's a chain, he's in a Roman prison, but I think also his uh, spiritual condition, and we know from the end of the book of Acts that when he finally makes it to Rome, he's under house arrest, but he's still proclaiming the gospel to anyone who will listen to him. For two solid years, he's doing that uh, as he awaits his trial. Uh, and so Tychicus is going to let him, excuse me, let these Christians know um, about his condition. By the way, this is similar to what he writes over in Colossians chapter 4, verse 8. Not surprising because Colossians is a, a sister letter to the book of Ephesians, probably written around the same time, under the same circumstances. I have, uh, so verse 7 of Colossians 4, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister, faithful servant in the Lord. Uh, that's almost verbatim what we find over in Ephesians, and we'll see that here in a moment. Verse 8, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's the, the key here to Kaikus. Uh, here, here is a, a faithful brother in the Lord. Uh, he is uh, from Asia Minor. We know this from Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. Uh, he is mentioned along with another brother named uh, Trophimus. He, Tychicus, regularly accompanied Paul on his missionary journeys. And, and so Tychicus, probably, as far as we can tell, probably the bearer of this letter, the courier of Ephesians as well as Colossians, uh, probably Philemon, okay, these prison epistles. Uh, Tychicus was probably the guy who carried these letters to their destinations and may have been a native of Ephesus, 
or of Colossae. Uh, not entirely certain, but um, he is, as Paul describes him here, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. And I think the, that uh, the key phrase there is in the Lord. In what other circumstance would a converted Jewish rabbi and a man from Asia Minor, in what other circumstance would these two have come together and become brothers, but in the Lord? And that's, that's true for all of us, right? What other circumstance would, would uh, all of us come together like this, except in the Lord? Uh, he is... Uh, Beloved by Paul, a beloved brother, and he's also faithful in his ministry. Uh, man, what a, what a fantastic testimony that is now born throughout the centuries as this epistle is read among the saints of God to Caicus. Um, and I think we can learn from his example that we uh, need to love one another, but also be lovable ourselves. <laughs> We also need to, as, as uh, Christians who serve within the body, we need to be faithful in discharging our own ministry. Uh, we need to be devoted in our service to Christ. We need to co-labor with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need a disposition which seeks to encourage. Right? To Caicus, that was gonna be, he was going to be an encourager. Uh, and he, So he's going to tell you everything and I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. That's, that's uh, again, Paul's purpose in sending to Caicus. He's going to encourage, he's going to comfort, your translation may say. Right? Um, yeah, again, I think we need more to Caicuses today, those who seek to heal hearts, who, who comfort and encourage hearts uh, among the saints with a, a good word. Uh, they, have, they have some beneficial word to share with their brothers and sisters here's the thing i think i think there are too many and by the way too many would be one or more uh, too many sour-faced curmudgeons in the body uh, too many too many killjoys who believe their sole purpose is to point out how others are doing things wrong right and, and that wrong is well they're not doing it the way i think they should do it um, Tychicus was not a wet blanket saint. He did not have Debbie Downer syndrome that just, you know, wah, wah, okay, and showed up and just deflated the room uh, with his disposition. He called people up. He built up the brethren. He encouraged them. He comforted them. He sought an opportunity to, to share a gracious word with God's people. And, and again, I think, I think that needs to be the case for us as well. We, meet, we need more tachycuses within the body. I think we see also here that Paul says, look, he's going to tell you everything about, about how I'm doing. Paul shows us, you know, our lives are open books to one another. Uh, Paul was eager to share news of the wonderful work of God in his life with his brothers and sisters in Ephesus. And he knew that that news would be of comfort and encouragement to the body. Um, and, and so, again, our, our lives are open books. Uh, that's uh, uh, something I think we learn here as well. Finally, verses 23-24. Again, this final benediction, uh, a prayer for these saints. 
peace be to the brothers. Peace. Uh, this is a, a usual, it was a common form of salutation at that time, especially among the Jews. Peace here uh, for a Jewish person would be shalom. That's, that's wholeness. And, and so for the brothers, uh, there's a wholeness within the body. There's a well-being that exists within the church when peace reigns. Peace with one another. But that peace comes about because we have peace that's been brought to us by the blood of Jesus. And love with faith. And someone has said that love is the fruit of faith. And love here, just a a general love but i think we could apply it certainly to one another right there's peace and love to the brothers that's borne out by our faith that we have in god but then also yeah love to god love that we have toward god and toward christ for what they have done for us Uh, and again all this is stimulated by our faith it is from faith here that our love comes for others and it also comes notice this all this peace Love, faith is all from God the Father. He is the source of these virtues. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, So God the Father and God the Son, both mentioned here. Um, The Father is the source, the Son is the mediator of these blessings. It is through the Son that, again, peace and love and faith come to us. Um, Finally, grace be with you all. Uh, Excuse me, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, All who love Jesus Christ, it seems to be paralleled there with the brothers in verse 23. Uh, Of course, Christians are going to love the Lord Jesus Christ. And so grace be with all who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, grace, we recognize, is the unmerited favor of God, and in many regards, it's demerited, right? It is not because of anything that we have done that God is gracious to us. Uh, But the aim here, all who love Jesus Christ, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's key here. And also, with love incorruptible, or with an undying love. The word here, incorruptible, It's a rare term, but it is found uh, elsewhere in the New Testament in a handful of places, but it's usually connected with the resurrection Uh, and and how when we are raised, we're raised incorruptible. I think of 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 42. Here, it's connected with love, Uh, this, this love, and since it is incorruptible, it's undying, it has its source in the eternal God. So this is a a supernatural love here. It's not just a a passing gleam like uh, like the dew on the grass in the morning and then the sun rises and boof, it's gone. Uh, But rather, uh, this is something which uh, continues uh, in the body. Uh, it, it, It doesn't die again because we get it from the eternal God. Um. So, grace be with all who love our Lord. We love Him with this incorruptible, this undying love. 
Now, I believe the converse is also true. In fact, I, I know this because it is stated elsewhere in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 16.22 If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. You see, when you are outside of the grace of God because your love for Christ is non-existent or has died, all that, all that remains is a curse. And so, it's no wonder that we are to love our Lord with this undying love, this love that has its source in God, and also that Paul prayed back in 319 that these Christians would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And indeed, I, I believe that ought to be our prayer for one another. Well, again, better is the end of a thing than its beginning. Paul closes his epistle here with these blessings and benedictions. But I do believe that while there's a lot here that is specific to these saints in Ephesus, in uh, the Lycus River Valley, while that may have been the original targeted audience, it was written to them, there's much here that I believe is also for us today. And that is instructive concerning what we say when we talk to God. With that, let's commit this to prayer. Father, as uh, one of our hymns says, oh, may we never, never outlive our love for Thee. We pray that You would graciously help us to know the love of Christ, Father, that surpasses knowledge. We pray that You would multiply the peace that exists among us. That You would continue to bestow upon us this undying, incorruptible love. We believe, but we pray that You would help us in our faith to grow and mature in that. And that You would continue to be gracious to us. We pray all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen.